Welcome back, everyone, to Tour Today Ministries as we continue in our series, Parsha Seasonings, which is a, 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 a series in where we bring out some Hebrew details from the text that do not find their way into our English translations. And uh, I hope that these teachings will bring a little little seasoning, a little hot sauce to your, your Torah study and will reveal some of those wonders that God has hidden in his word for us to discover. So we find ourselves in Torah portion Devarim. Devarim is the name of the book of Deuteronomy, and this is the first portion from Devarim. We begin in Deuteronomy 1.1. Now the name of the book takes its uh, name from the first verse, which says, these are Hadvarim, these are the words that Moses spoke to all Israel beyond the Jordan in the wilderness. But I first want to look at the word these. This is the very first word of Deuteronomy. Aleph, Lamed, He, Ela, these. The reason I want to look at this is I thought it might be interesting to take a look at what is the first letter of each of the books of the Torah? And if we take the first letter of each of these five books, this is what we find. Starting over here on the right with Genesis, the first word of Genesis is Barashit, which means in the beginning. And this makes the first letter of the Torah, Genesis 1-1, the letter Bait. Now Exodus begins with the letter Vav, Leviticus starts with the letter Vav, and Numbers starts with the letter Vav. And now here in Deuteronomy, as we just saw, Deuteronomy begins with the word Ela, these, and Ela begins with the letter Aleph. Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and Bet is the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's almost like Deuteronomy wants to take us all the way around and begin with Genesis, go back to Genesis like a complete circle, and Aleph leads to Bet. Before I go on to what the significance of these two letters is, I want us to notice the letters Vav here. In Hebrew, the word Vav means hook, and these letters represent hooks or posts with a hook at the top, a post like you would hang the curtains of the tabernacle on. And there is no Hebrew word for and, but what is done is the letter Vav is just prefix to a word, and when you see the Vav prefix to a word, it means and, because it hooks that word to the word preceding it. So the word and, which does not exist in Hebrew, but the letter that stands for the word and is literally a hook that hooks two words together. And it's almost as if God is saying, I want you to take Genesis and you continue to hook it on until it comes right to Deuteronomy, because these five books make a complete set. Now, if we take the first letter of Genesis, and then we take the first letter of Deuteronomy, Beit and Aleph, they spell the word Bo, which means come. But what is it the Torah is inviting us to come to? Well, if we reverse the two letters, they spell Aleph, Beit, which is the word Av, which is Father. Now, maybe I'm reading more into it than is there. But you know, if God placed every jot and tittle in his Torah exactly the way he wanted it, couldn't he also make the books of the Torah begin with the Hebrew letters he wants them to begin with? To bring out this message, he wants us to bow, come to the Av Father. 
I find the message of Torah and of the entire Bible is an invitation for us to come to the Father, to come to His ways, to step into the life He has for us, the destiny He desires to give to us, to come into a relationship with Him that makes everything in this life not only worthwhile, but have meaning, real meaning and real mission to it. And I think there's just something here in the first letters of the five books of the Torah. Now let's look at that first verse of Deuteronomy one more time. Now we looked at the word these, Elah, but the next word in Deuteronomy is Hadvarim, which means the words. There it is, Hadvarim. Now, Dalit Beit Resh, those three letters there are the word Devar, which means word. You put the Eem on the end, it makes a plural. Devarim, which is the name of the book, means words. What is this hey here? Well, those of you who know a little bit about Hebrew know that there is no Hebrew word for the. The way you emulate the word the is by prefixing the letter hey to a word. So a table is a shulchan. If I want to say the shulchan, I say hashulchan. I just put a hey in the front. I just attach it to the word and it means the. So hadvarim means the words. Now what's interesting is we find this exact same word a little bit later on in chapter 1. And here it is, Deuteronomy 1.44. Then the Amorites who lived in that hill country came out against you and chased you as Hadvarim. It's pronounced a little differently, but the spelling is identical. Hadvarim, the bees would do and struck you down in Seir as far as Chorma. Hmm, this is interesting. The word for the words is also the same word as for the bees. Is this a coincidence? I don't think so. There's something about the bee that can teach us about God's word. Let's consider for a moment. Here's a bee. And it's interesting that the word, the name Devorah, Deborah, has a hay at the end, and it's the female, feminine version of the word bee, because a bee, singular in Hebrew, is the same as the word for word, devar. So Devorah, Deborah, comes from the word bee. Now, a bee produces two things, one of them very pleasant, one of them very unpleasant. From one end of the bee comes honey, and from the other end of the bee comes a sting. How perfect! Because isn't it true that God's Word is like honey? You know, we read in Exodus about the manna which God gave. And it says in Exodus 16:31, now the house of Israel called its name manna, which means what is it? They didn't know what it was. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. And then Psalm 119, 103, David says, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. 
So the word is like honey, it's so sweet. And what's interesting, if you read about how bees make honey, what they do is when they collect the, uh, whatever it is they collect and put it, they put it like a, a honey stomach, then what they do in the hive, they bring this back up and they chew it. And then they pass it to other bees and they chew it and they pass it around. They chew and chew and chew and chew. And by the time they're done chewing it, it's become honey. So honey comes from the mouth of the bee. And the more you chew it, the more it becomes honey. And I found with me that I can read quickly through the Bible and, and get something out of it. But when I meditate on a passage, when I truly begin to chew on it with my mind and my soul and spirit, it becomes sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. But there's a warning that comes of the bee. You have to be cautious around them, be very careful, because the other end holds a sting. And what we find is that the scriptures also can cause great damage. We're warned to be careful in how we handle them. In fact, in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is a sword, and we can damage ourselves and our neighbors if we misuse it. Now, we're meant to be using the sword of the Spirit against our enemy and against his lies. But if we're not careful, we'll use it against our family and friends. We can also hack ourselves to death with it. The Word of God is living and active and it's extremely sharp. And it must be handled with caution. So on the one hand, it is something that is so sweet and good and satisfying. On the other hand, it's dangerous like a bee. And it's no coincidence, I think, that the Torah was given at Mount Sinai, which is also called Mount Chorev. And the word Chorev is the Hebrew word for sword. So God gave us the sword of the Spirit at Mount Sword. Something to ponder. So I want to leave you with a thought that comes from the Talmud. I don't endorse everything in the Talmud. There are some... Uh, some profound wisdom there, but there, uh, there's also some things that's like, mm, I don't think so. But this is one of the things that I think is profoundly wise. This comes from Tractate Yoma, which is all about Yom Kippur. Tractate Yoma, page 72b. It says, if one is deserving, the Torah becomes a potion of life for him. If one is not deserving, the Torah becomes a potion of death for him. For one who is skillful in his study of Torah and immerses himself in it with love, it is a potion of life. But for one who is not skillful in his studies, it is a potion of death. Let's exercise caution as we study God's Word. <clears throat> and if we use it with pride, with ego, if we operate in extremes, if we want to use it to to elevate ourselves and puff ourselves up, we'll find it a destructive force in our lives and in the lives of others. How many people have been damaged by the misuse of God's Word? How many souls have turned away from God and from God's people because of some individual calling themselves a believer, calling themselves a disciple of Messiah, goes out and misuses God's Word to drive people away, to belittle people, to condemn people,
to judge them, to harm them. And yet I know in my own life, I don't know where I'd be without the life-giving power of God's Word. So, let's be cautious. Let's be careful with it. Let's treat it with great care. Let's use it as a sword against the lies of the enemy. But let it be honey as we handle it and feed upon it and feed others with it so that its sweetness will linger in our mouths. So I pray you'll be blessed as we begin this new book of Devarim, Deuteronomy. And until next time, I wish you shalom and may God bless. Over and out.